0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Mind's Eye Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the afterlife. This is a popular topic amongst many people, myself included. A lot of people want to know what happens when we die. Do we move onward to some higher and better world? Do some souls go to a place of burning fire, or is there just oblivion? What about near-death experiences and deathbed visions? Are these merely tricks of a dying brain deprived of oxygen? Do near-death experiences contradict one another? Many people say yes that it depends on one's culture, on what they see at that moment of death. I think first it would be wise to look at all of the things that the near-death experience has in common. And this goes back to ancient cultures, ancient Egypt, ancient China... Uh, Throughout time, uh, as long as man has been keeping records, these deathbed visions and near-death experience visions have been recorded. And the things they have in common are generally the deceased relative or loved one that shows up, someone who's already passed on this deceased loved one coming to gather the person who is about to make their journey into the afterlife. And the next thing we see in common is the journey. And the journey can be a little bit different. For most people throughout time and history, it has been... Something akin to the tunnel of light That we so often read about in near-death experiences This tunnel of light is sometimes said to open above the dying person uh, In front of the dying person In the ceiling Or in one of the corners of the room that they are in Now sometimes this tunnel of light is just that It's the tunnel they travel through They get to the other side And they're in a very paradise-like setting There's people that they know Gathered around waiting to meet them and greet them There may be uh, people they don't know Or what they describe as angels or heavenly beings but sometimes this journey is a little bit different. Sometimes the journey to the afterlife takes on the appearance of uh, one person said that they seemed like they were on a boat crossing a great body of water. And as they approached the shore on the other side of this great body of water, there was the light beckoning them to enter. Another person that um, I don't know personally, but um, a relative of mine is acquainted with, has more pagan beliefs. And she had a near-death experience. And during her experience, she said that she found herself floating very gently through a wooded area. And in the distance, There was a group of trees and I think some vines hanging down. And on the other side of those trees and those vines was a very bright light. And from that light, a voice emanated and told her that she needed to go back. It wasn't her time. So the deceased relative, the journey, the light that we all enter into seem to be major components that all near-death experiences or deathbed visions have in common. And sometimes these experiences may contain heavenly beings, angels. Some people describe going through the tunnel of light or on the journey toward the light with this being of light. Or what just feels like a loving presence next to them. And you'll hear people say, I didn't see anyone, but I felt them there. And I felt like it was a man. Or I felt like it was a woman. And sometimes this presence that is with them will speak to them. And other times, it doesn't say anything. It just has a very loving, comforting presence. And sometimes that being is seen. To be, you know, a beautiful angel Some spiritual heavenly being That is accompanying the soul into the afterlife So these are the things that All of these experiences throughout time Seem to have in common The thing that is different Where people say, well, I don't understand There are differences, and mostly from what I've read and from what I've seen, uh, those differences have to do with the religious figure that meets them on the other side. Many people, including atheists, Christians, Jews, Muslims, say that they met Jesus on the other side. There's a lot of people uh, who are non-Christians who said that Jesus was there, and he walked and he talked with them before they were told that it wasn't their time and that they had to come back. Some people have seen uh, Hindu gods, and some of them were Hindu, and I'm aware of a person that uh, I'm acquainted with that had a near-death experience when uh, he was in his uh, late teens and he was born and raised as a Christian. But he said when he had the out-of-body experience and found himself entering into the light and coming out into this you know, beautiful land, that the beings that surrounded him, uh, though he was a Christian, they looked like the Hindu gods. They had the blue skin. Some of them had more than two arms. Uh, but he said he wasn't alarmed. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't thinking, what is this? What are these creatures? He said it felt very natural and very loving and very familiar. And when he returned from that uh, near-death experience, he said he was more open to other religions. He later in life, because of that experience, ended up, Uh, leaving his more fundamentalist uh, religion and having more of an open mind, though he did uh, have more leanings toward like Buddhism and certain parts of Hinduism. There are some people that, uh, Muslims mostly, but sometimes people who were not Muslims or are not Muslims at all, encountered the Prophet Muhammad. And uh, the people that encounter Muhammad seem to be uh, He seems to make less of an appearance In the near death or deathbed vision But he's certainly someone who does uh, Occasionally appear to people Who are of the Muslim faith And those who are not They might be Christians or atheists Or seeking their spiritual path in life So, why this mix up of different religious figures and gods? Uh, That would be a big question to answer. And I don't think anybody uh, really will know the answer until we get there. But I would venture to say that there is some truth in all of our religions, whether we agree with them entirely. Or not. There's truth in Catholicism. There's truth in fundamentalism. Fundamentalist Christianity that I came out of and I thought it was a pretty negative religion after a while, but there's there's some truth there. There is truth (laughs) in Buddhism, in Hinduism, in uh, Islam, in any religion that you want to pick out of a hat. So my personal opinion about all of that is, is kind of like the story that the gods gave the heavenly messengers. There's this this old tale, uh, or this old story, where the gods gave this heavenly messenger a glass orb containing all of the truth about God and the universe and the afterlife, and they sent the messenger to earth to deliver this sphere to mortal man. But when the messenger approached the earth, he tripped and he fell and the glass uh, orb shattered. And little by little throughout the ages, men have found little pieces of what once was that glass sphere and say, I have the truth. And another one finds another piece and says, no, I have the truth. And on and on it goes, not knowing, men not knowing, mortal man, that all of those fragments
1: that they have found or are, are all part of a bigger whole. I don't think the afterlife
0: puts on any airs for us to try to delude us into... Believing one thing or another or prove that we are right over other people I feel that it comes to us as it is And what is perhaps appropriate for us to encounter When people have those brief encounters in something like a near-death experience And so maybe there's something there we need to pay attention to And maybe ourselves be more open-minded toward other faiths, other people's belief systems.
1: Because maybe they have a piece of that glass orb that is part of the whole that we don't have. There's a really kind
0: of cool documentary series on Netflix right now called Surviving Death. And uh, that is an interesting one to watch I'm not all the way through it yet But they talk about near-death experience They talk about mediums And there are some mediums on there who are obvious frauds And uh, I think they kind of get exposed But they try to make excuses, you know That, oh, this is my burden That people think I'm getting, you know, information off the internet But uh, it's it's really interesting uh, in parts and uh, there, there is one uh, doctor or scientist there who said, you know, he never believed in near-death experiences, but he he raised a question that a lot of doctors and scientists have when it comes to studying uh, near-death experience, and that is if a near-death experience is nothing more than the dying brain deprived. Of oxygen, then why is that brain still having this hallucination when there's no brain activity, no heartbeat, everything flatlines? The person is clinically dead. And so this one doctor in the uh, the documentary, and I've heard other people say it as well: if if consciousness is only in the brain, and there's no brain activity. Then, how is the brain still thinking and dreaming and hallucinating so coherently at those moments? It shouldn't be that way. It's,
1: it's a scientific uh, contradiction that even if the brain is uh, deprived of oxygen,
0: it dies. There's no brain activity, it's just a flat line. Uh, at best, it would be a jumble, just a jumble of images and thoughts and confusion, things kind of uh, rushing by as the, the brain is shutting down. It wouldn't be a coherent experience where the person wakes up with these deep philosophies and experiences and a, and a tale that goes from A to Z very, uh, very coherently and perfectly so that's uh one of the things about the near death experience uh that is very interesting and there there are many more that uh, i think raise a lot of questions and and prove that the dying brain scenario um the folks who hung that explanation on the nde uh weren't really thinking it through or they didn't care to look at the research that's done on the near-death experience uh, To actually know the entirety of what they're talking about Before coming up with an assumption of what it is And I think sometimes science can be like religion in that regard That it just comes up with, yeah, well, here's what we think it is And it's it's very strange that they they're almost dogmatic They come up with this notion of what it is And then absolutely refuse to look at anything that people hand them and say, well, no, it it can't be because look at all of this evidence and they'll say, nope, 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 nope. We've made up our mind, nothing here to see. So I I find that very uh, strange and also uh, kind of ignorant coming from educated men who are supposed to be scientists and doctors that are looking for the truth. I don't think when it comes to The survival of consciousness after death
1: um, We should be allowing our own biases To get in the way And, you know, as far
0: as bias goes I think there's religious bias as well Because a lot of the deathbed visions And near-death experiences, uh, all very similar, always the light, always, sometimes that light will open up to, you know, what looks like a window or a portal looking through, you know, to another world, and the person having the deathbed vision will say, oh, it's so beautiful over there, and oh my God, here comes, you know, my mother, here comes, you know, whoever, and they're so elated and happy, and then they just take their last breath, And, um, you know, they're gone. So a lot of similarities between deathbed visions and near-death experiences. And, uh, you know, these visions and these
1: experiences aren't always uh, in line with our religions. And, you know, that's just one I, I think also we have to accept maybe...
0: We don't have it all figured out You know, many Christians here in this day and age Think the afterlife is, you know, uh, very clear-cut You die, you will see Jesus, you will be judged And you will be allowed to go to heaven or sent to hell And the hell experience and near-death experiences Is actually, uh, there's very few people It's like 1% or less than 1% That actually have what is called A hell experience So the other 99% Or 99.5% Or whatever it might be Whether they're atheist, whether they're Christian Whether they're Hindu, whether they're Muslim Whether they're Buddhist, whatever they might be
1: They're still having That very positive Loving, peaceful experience
0: So I think to write it out and say Well, here's what the afterlife is And then like the scientists who are very biased And say, well, all those near-death experiences They're just, um, and those deathbed visions Well, they're just deceptions of the devil To try to confuse us about what happens after death You know, I think that's also a very ignorant uh, position to take.
1: I more respect uh, even the, the Islamic view of paradise
0: because they don't really go into a great amount of detail of what that is because they admit they don't know. Nor does the Quran elaborate on it. Only that it's very beautiful, uh, very peaceful. We will have pure companions, you know, people uh, around us, you know, friends, family uh, that are that are very loving. There's no betrayal, you know. All is good, and it's a very beautiful paradise. And every man uh, has his own garden, whatever the garden might be. But beyond that, uh, they'll tell you we we don't really know. You know, it hasn't been revealed in our religion exactly what heaven or paradise is like or the hereafter, the afterlife. Uh, We know it's very beautiful. We know it's very positive. uh, We know it's going to be wonderful. uh, But we couldn't tell you exactly uh, what is there. And I think that's a more honest Approach to take rather than to come up with these conclusions based on what we think it is. Well, this person died and didn't see Jesus, so they were deceived by the devil. Uh, this person was a Christian and saw, you know, beings that look like Hindu gods. So that just shows it's a confused hallucination. Maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. I suppose we would have to think that if consciousness does survive physical death, and, uh, you know, this is not the time nor the place to really uh, get into all of, all of that, but uh, there's a lot of research that's been done, uh, not to mention the experiences people have had. You know, reliable witnesses, people that, you know, woke up in the middle of the night or walked into the kitchen and there's mom or grandma and they've been dead for six months, a year, two years. You know, I've I've had experiences like that where I know what I saw. I know what I heard. You know, there, there were experiences I've had in my life I could look at and say, yeah, you know, I really don't know. So I couldn't swear to it. Uh, But then there are experiences that I've had personally, and I I know other people uh, had experiences that I know and trust, and uh, they would say, as I would, you know, you could shoot me up with sodium pentothal, uh, the truth-telling serum, I believe that is, and question me, and I'll tell you the same story because I'm absolutely sure and know what was in front of me, what I saw, what I heard, what happened. So there's a lot that really points to this world beyond matter. And what is that world beyond matter? We have this notion that it's going to be just like life here on earth. We go to heaven and we have a mansion and we have a beautiful garden and all of our relatives are there. And there's mountains and trees and flowers, and we all live happily ever after and go every so often to bask and worship, you know, in the presence of God. And that's our afterlife for all eternity. But who's to say that the hereafter is just that one-dimensional place called heaven that we go to and stay there forever in our little mansion, our little house is happy, it's great, and that's fine if that's what it was. But we're talking about God. God is spirit, infinite intelligence, infinite mind, infinite power. You know, a being that is so far beyond what we've imagined, I always say the man sitting on the throne with the crown on his head, you know, uh, God would be consciousness himself, surrounding and permeating everything. As the Bible says, in God we live and move and have our being. So I would imagine that an, an infinite intelligence would have infinite realms and possibilities. And if we ourselves are spirit in the afterlife, pure energy, pure thought, pure consciousness, what are the possibilities of cosmic exploration, uh, interdimensional Exploration I mean Who knows what we would be Capable of of And capable of seeing and doing So I would always imagine And has always imagined That the afterlife is something Much bigger And much more fantastic Than we dream up In our little um, Our little minds here Upon planet earth Because to us, everything there is just like it is here. I'm a person, so God is a person. I live in a house, so there I'll live in a house. I like to climb mountains, so there'll be mountains. there's gonna you know there's trees and grass here, there'll be trees and grass there, and that's where I'll be forever and ever. And I'll probably be a vegetarian because nobody kills and eats animals or flesh in heaven, you know and and, and that's fine, but I I think we have too much of this um, trying to make it seem familiar that we can wrap our minds around. But I think the near death experience and the deathbed visions and some of the diversity that's in those things show us that the afterlife, you know, once person experience, person's experience. Isn't more right than the next person's experience. Maybe they're just seeing two different people having two experiences that are similar but different. Maybe they're just seeing certain aspects of the afterlife for a reason. Two parts of a whole. And maybe we can't put a label on exactly what it is, or how it is. Maybe we, like the Muslims, should say, hey, it's going to be great, it's going to be beautiful, it's going to be exciting, it's going to be glorious, but we really don't know exactly what it entails. Because we don't. We've never been there. And nobody that's had a near-death experience has been dead long enough to explore The entirety of the afterlife and come back and say, oh, geez, you know, here's what it is. A lot of people that have had near-death experiences say that that beautiful place they find themselves in when they come out of the tunnel of light or enter into the light, that they've come to understand that that is just like a waiting room or the
1: lobby to the greater heavens. There's something beyond that that they didn't see. So if that's the case, who's to say what's beyond that beautiful little,
0: you know, paradise-like setting that people find themselves in beyond the light? What's beyond that? Perhaps something that
1: we couldn't even wrap our thinking around. So for me personally, I do believe there
0: is an afterlife I think there's too much interesting research Too many experiences that people Have had over the years, over the centuries, over the decades Um, Too many experiences that I've had Things that I've seen, research that I've done I'm, you know, 99% uh, sure that there's an afterlife I mean everybody has a little Doubt you know like you know, What if there isn't well I guess That's okay too you know <laughs> We're not going to know it if there isn't But uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm Mostly sure that there is And I'm also fairly Confident that um, What is there is something That we're not able To to slap a label on here and make it so cut and dry, human beings we we like things cut and dry, we like things explained, uh, we like to know where we 're going or what 's next. we like to know what 's for dinner what 's for lunch, what 's on TV, you know what are we going to watch tonight so we don 't like it if there 's something ahead of us that we don 't have that control over we can 't. Press a button or mark the calendar Or set the schedule Or be the interior decorator and say Well hey Here's what I'd like the afterlife to be And here's what I'm going to do
1: It's beyond our control It's beyond our knowing It's bigger than us But I Personally, feel that when we get there,
0: uh, we're also—it's kind of like going back to
1: school as we learn this whole new reality we were never even aware of. And I think there is a God. Many people in near-death experiences. The closest they have come
0: to seeing God was to say that there was a great, bright
1: light that, just as I said before, permeated everything. And the light spoke to them. This light that fills everything, fills the universe
0: and beyond, everything in it, everything beyond it. That is God. And I think he has a lot of very interesting things in store for us
1: when we reach that distant shore of the hereafter. I'm Paul James Caden. This is
0: the Mind's Eye podcast. I thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. And uh, I'll see you next time here on the Mind's
1: Eye. Until then, stay safe, stay well and be good to one another. Peace.